What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lada, what do you got? All right, guys. So I sent you guys this tweet about uh, Dana White's home. He opened up his home and showed up his gym, showed up his refrigerator. This man is worth $500 million in counting. When I saw his home, I was like, oh, my God, I would never think I want to live in Las Vegas. But that's a dope AF pad. Yeah. So good. Like the gym itself. I was like, oh, my God. Then that pool. Did you guys see the tweet I sent you guys? Were you guys able to mm-hmm. see that? I'm looking so at the beautiful. article. Yeah. I was surprised, though, because I went and saw the full video. Mm-hmm. He has his fridge full of ice cream. I just didn't picture him as an ice cream person because, you know, he seems fit. But he yeah. has his fridge full of ice but cream. But he's, like, fit but not, like, fit ripped. He's just, no. like, fit. Yeah, he's, he's like he's, he's like plump, right? Like what is like swole? Yeah, he's like yeah. Kurt Angle. Swole. I, I was going to say fat fit, but fat. swole is a much nicer <laughs> way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah, he has. I was like, oh, I wouldn't expect you to have like a fridge full of ice cream, but he does. And does soda. he does he open up? Um, does he have like a uh, like an entire GNC? You know what I mean? Like, does he have supplements everywhere? I'm looking at the video right now. I see his Pilates room. So I didn't see that, but then he also has like a full on facial massage room. He has an ice, like an ice bath. Yeah, Um, and I was like, whoa, infrared, a bed for recovery, a massage station. I was like, I want to have money so I can have all that. Yeah, I, I. So there's a place. There's a bunch. You know, a lot of these places now, these cryo places, spas. They have that. Um, what are they called? The um. That ce- the red cellular thing that you just mentioned. The it's infrared? Called, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's called uh, celluluma LED therapy or infrared sauna therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. all the- those are two different therapies. But, yeah, a lot of these places have that now. You know what I mean? Like, where you can go and you can get it done and they have compression therapy and hyperbaric chambers and all cryo. Oh, man, that stuff is more, um, like, it-, it is a bigger marketplace than it's ever been at the moment. Well, if you're Dana White, I mean, let's face it, you are credited by most for having turned the UFC into what it is today, you know? And, um, and you know, when the UFC was sold a couple of years ago, I mean, it was, as I recall, it might have been multi-billion dollars It was $4 billion. Yeah. 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 And so, listen, you live in Las Vegas. It's not like living in Beverly Hills, you know? I mean, it's you, cheap. You, you, it, compared to Beverly Hills... You know, or compared to Malibu, you know, um, it's it's a whole lot less expensive to do this there. Now, I'm not saying it's not a 20 million dollar house. It might be. Man, I am jealous of that gym. You know, the only thing is that I worry about, George, is that if I had a gym like Dana White's in my house, I just wonder if I'd like hang my bathrobe on stuff. You know, like would I really get in there and use it because. I mean, he's got this beautiful gym, but. I don't know. Do people use their home gyms? I feel like people don't uh, use I, their home I gyms. I do. Yeah? yeah? I do. Yeah. I bought during COVID. I bought, like, weights. I bought uh, 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s, and I bought a bench, and I bought, like, flooring. And I do my Peloton every morning, and then I go, you know, I should lift. And then I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And then my excuse is, well, I used to go to the gym all the time, and I liked going out, and I liked being in the gym, and I liked being around other people. I don't know why. I just can't get myself into working out like that, lifting in my house. But I got to figure something out. I got to get back to it. All right. 
That is uh, What You Need to Know, brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Um, so let's talk about USC. Oh, actually, you know what? Didn't you want to do our top five and bottom five? How about we push that back one segment? Because okay. I want to get into USC a little bit. We haven't gotten into them. A little, we didn't done any college today. So we wanted to do kind of our power rankings. We're going to do this thing every week on Thursdays where we'll do like a top five and bottom five. Let's do that right. one more. Let's push that back one more segment, Kevin. Okay. Is that I'm okay? That. Yeah, it's cool yeah. by me. Um, let, let's talk a little football here. So do we have the sound of Reggie Bush? I know we touched on it briefly, like, but for those that don't know, Reggie Bush was on um, – I don't Fox, know if it was college, college game football. day or the Fox yeah. game yeah, day. Yeah, Fox game Fox day. football, whatever they call it mm-hmm. over there. Yep. Um, it's their version of game day. And uh, Reggie Bush said that Dion should be the USC head coach. Let's hear that real quick. I do believe there is a coach out there that can help restore USC to his greatness. I believe Deion Sanders oh, can, be wow. can be that person. It can be that person. Deion knows how to recruit. Now, let's just... Let's just use this as an example. <laughs> Deion Sanders is the head coach of USC. He walks into your house. He walks into your house and says, Matt, I want you to come play and be the starting quarterback at USC. What you going to say? You know, we what cut you going to say? We cut it off. You know what Matt, you know what Matt Leinard said right after that, what? just so we're all on the same page? Matt Leinard said, I would consider my options. Yeah. So, so in other words, what Reggie Bush was saying was, there's not a kid in America that would say no to Deion Sanders if he were the coach at USC. And he said to Matt Leinart, Matt, what would you say? And Leinart, we cut it off, said, I'd consider my options. Wow. But that was a pretty solid answer. What do you, what do you yeah. make of this? Because last week you and I started bickering about who should be the next head coach. My first thought was Jack Del Rio. Everybody jumped on me. Okay, it's, it, it turned into Eric Bieniemy. Everybody seemed to like that idea. I did mention Deion Sanders, oh, by the way, because we were talking about Clay Helton's reputation for not wanting to go into the tougher neighborhoods and recruit the inner-city type of kid, at least according to Booger McFarland of ESPN. So I mentioned Deion Sanders' name, just threw it out there, but when Reggie Bush says it, obviously it's got a lot more weight because he's one of the all-time great USC Trojans. George, I'll throw it to you. What do you think about the idea of Coach Sanders... Not Dion, not primetime. Coach Sanders, what do you think about him at USC? I, I think it's a good move. Like, you know me, I feel like you need guys that uh, that connect with the players. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, And I think Dion certainly does that. Look what he's done at Jacksonville State or wherever he's at. What is it, Jacksonville State? No, I think it's Jackson, Jackson, Jackson State. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Jackson State. He's got like a top. 40 recruiting class like in the country he's got a better recruiting class in k-state and k-state has like you know big 12 money so they're a power five school for god's sake so i i am in on uh on dion being a coach he's done a good job if you can recruit players if you can recruit players man you're good like in in that sport and i think he can recruit players i don't think there's any doubt about that okay i'm gonna give you i'm gonna i'm here's the good and here's the bad i'll start with the good the good is is that when we started talking about USC's head coaching vacancy, the one thing we talked about was you need a name. You need somebody that's recognizable. So if you're a 17-year-old kid right now, you don't really know who Jack Del Rio is. We agreed on that. I, okay, I can buy that. But you certainly know who Coach Sanders is because you know him as Dion and you know him as primetime and you know him for being on television. And by the way, everything he's doing down at Jackson State is being documented by Barstool. Are you, are, have you watched any of this, these videos? Yes, yes. Okay, so, so look, 
the kids will know Deion Sanders, no doubt about it, okay? That part I can get with. Here's where I can't get with it. Deion Sanders went to Jackson State, and I bought all in on everything he said, which is, look, I want to help young black men in their lives. I want them to go to an HBCU, and I want to be impactful in their lives. I want to help them become better football players. I want to help them become NFL players for those that are talented enough. And I want to help these young men leave college and become productive members of society. I have a bigger goal here than just trying to win football games. That's why I'm here at an HBCU. So for me, if Dion, Coach Sanders, were to be recruited away from Jackson State to USC, I'd feel like, yo, Prime, you sold me on why you were there and how important it was for you to be there, and now you're just jumping to the big program. However, I will say this. If Florida State came calling for Coach Sanders, that's his school, that's his state, I would not feel that way. If he left Jackson State for USC, I'd feel like he was selling out. If he left Jackson State for Florida State, I'd feel like he's going home. No, I, I get that, but he also, you know, he he had a part-time residence here in L.A. You know, he worked for the NFL Network forever, so it's not like he's not familiar with L.A. You know what I mean? Like, it's not so that. I, I, it's it's not that he's not familiar with it. It's that his whole thing, his whole philosophy was, I'm here at this school at this level. At, at an HBCU because I can be impactful in these guys' lives and I can help bring up the profile of HBCU college football. And him like taking off after a year or two just to jump to USC because it's a powerhouse program in a really attractive market that he knows, to me, take this is mine, okay? This, this is where I come from on this. That's selling out. If you leave and go to Florida State, that's going home. I look at those two things very differently. Would it be great for USC? Of course it would be great for USC. But I just, I don't like it. Okay. You don't have to like it. I think it would be know, good. I know. I mean, I, I, would mean... Still, I, I, I would still be okay with, um, you know, like, I, I, I mean, there are a lot of guys they can, you know, they can hire. <laughs> I think they'd be fine with a bunch of different people. But I, he's the type of coach I would give a shot to. By the way, Desmond Howard and Paul Feinbaum were on, uh, do we have that audio? That audio they were on with Greeny this morning on Get Up, and they were they like co-signed on this thing. Let me hear those guys if we have that real quick. With the USC opening, Reggie Bush suggested the name Deion Sanders for that job, and I heard Gus Johnson on TV talking about that as well. Um, do we think is there a real chance that Deion Sanders becomes the next coach of USC? What do you think, Paul? Absolutely, uh, and, and Heather's right about a lot of things. But what Deion Sanders can do is hire a staff. He can go out and get a great defense and offensive coordinator. He is the face of the program. And is there a city in America that needs a face and glitz more than Los Angeles? I think he would be unbelievable. Go ahead and hire him today. Desmond, what do you think? Deion Sanders to USC. <laughs> I've seen less qualified coaches get bigger coaching jobs. So I would say, yeah, I think that he brings, um, he brings a name. He brings a brand. He's able to recruit, and uh, he will bring a lot of attention there. He will be able to put together a magnificent coaching staff. So I would say yay. You know, that's the whole thing, though, is, is that if you want the sizzle um, and you want the showbiz aspect of it all, I think Deion Sanders is a great choice for USC. But I just don't like it from the Dion perspective. I love it from the SC perspective. He, by the way, Dion has already said he doesn't. he's not interested in the job. Oh, so okay. That. Well, yeah. 
listen, I, I respect him for that. I, I Listen, that's my point. I respect Deion Sanders so much for choosing to coach at the level and at the school that he is at because he's it's bigger than just him. It's about raising up the entire level of HBCU college yeah. athletics. And I love that and appreciate that out of Dion. But if, if he took off and just took the job at SC, I'd feel like, man, that's kind of selling out because you, you had a whole reason for why you're there. It, it should be fickle or be enemy if I were handicapping it because I don't think Cristobal leaves for the job. That's just me personally. Well, um, if, By the uh, way, Cristobal if, also has like a 6 or $7 million buyout uh, on yeah. top. Not that that should matter to SC, but I think that that's going to be – I just don't think Oregon's giving him up that easily is what yeah, I would say. Yeah, and I think uh, just, just look, you got Mike Bone – the athletic director, he was at USC. You got Mick Cronin, uh, at Cincinnati rather. You got Mick Cronin, who's the college yeah. basketball coach at UCLA. Right, it's going to be fickle. Yeah, right, he, likely, he, yeah. he came out here from, from Cincinnati, not that they're related per se. I'm just saying Cincinnati is one of those schools where it's a stepping stone. I don't care how, where they are in the top 25. It's still a stepping stone to get to an SC. You don't, you don't go to Cincinnati and go, I'm here for yeah. life because you take the job at Notre Dame or you take the job at SC should it come your way. All right, coming up next, we'll do our power rankings, our top five and bottom five in the NFL. Oh, man, this is music right here, bro. So good. So good. Like, listen to all the instruments going on in the background there. Obviously, the piano is the incredible part. But just insane. Ray Charles. So happy birthday to Ray Charles. Happy birthday to Bruce Springsteen. You know, here's the thing about Bruce Springsteen. When you're from the east coast you're like supposed to love springsteen it's like yeah, blasphemy. it's like blasphemy if you don't love springsteen here's the thing i like springsteen and there are several springsteen songs i know every word i'll sing i'll dance i'll go crazy i've never seen springsteen in concert nope. and i've never felt like this need where i'm like oh you know what man i gotta see springsteen i don't have that feeling about springsteen like him don't necessarily love him and don't even feel like faking it. Like, hey, middle-aged white guy, you know, you were from back east, you know, a different part of your life. Like, yeah, I'm not faking it. Like him, don't love him. Yeah, I'm not a Springsteen person either. Like, I, like he's, he has okay music, you know, but I'm good, you know? Like, I'm fine. I mean, there are like, some Springsteen songs that you're like, okay, that's, that's an important part of my life. That's an important song. But then there are other Springsteen songs you're like, you know what? Born in the USA, I want I'm like, oh, come on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, why don't you give away something for the people who had to endure that awful singing impersonation you just Yeah, did? why not? Hey, look, everybody. Uh, we're giving away a pair of passes. Actually, a four-pack right now of a VIP passes for your stadium tour at SoFi Stadium, get a behind-the-scene look at all the great areas that you want to see. We're going into the, the Rams locker room. We're going into the luxury suites. We're going to run out of the tunnel like we're Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford against the Buccaneers. Um, you and me, we'll press the flesh because I know Chris loves that phrase. Uh, and, hey, how about this? Let's do a field goal kicking competition, maybe a punting competition. Certainly we'll do some passing accuracy competitions. A four-pack of passes to our private VIP tour in SoFi Stadium on October 7th. It's happening right now. The number is easy, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. George, I'm watching Sam Darnold right now, the USC product, play for the Carolina Panthers, a 7-0 lead over Houston. 
So how about caller number 14 for Sam Darnold? Caller 14, you got the SoFi VIP tour. Let's do that right now. Uh, all right, fair enough. Get it in. 877-710-ESPN. All right, Laura, hit the music real quick. We're going to do our NFL top five, bottom five here while you get those calls. All right, Cap, since this is your deal, I'll let you go first. Would you want to start? Do you want to do like one from the top and one from the bottom? Do you want to do like just the bottom first or the top first? How do you want to handle this? All right, George, here's what I'd like to do. Everybody in the world now has power rankings, right? You have power rank from 1 to 32, but we don't have all day to do that. I want to give you my top five teams in the NFL, and I want to give you my bottom five teams in the NFL. How about I'll give you my top five. You can pick it apart if you think you need to. Now, this is your top five. You're These are my here. top five, and then I'll give you the bottom feeders, okay? So okay. here goes. I'll go from five to one. Tell me what okay, you think go. of my list. Here goes. Go. Go. At number five this yeah. week, and it's and it's a week to week league, George. Can I do this? Can I do like the voiceover guy stuff? Go Ready, for it. please. Number five, I've got the Baltimore Ravens. Their win over the Kansas City Chiefs, their loss against the Raiders in Week One. Yes, there are undefeated teams in this league, seven two and zero teams. But I've got the Ravens at one and one. You have a problem with that? Or are you good with that? I, I'm fine with it. I'm not. You know. It's not who I have, but it's, I'm fine with it. At number four, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, you might be uh -huh. thinking to yourself, why would you have the Chiefs ahead of the Ravens when the Ravens just beat the Chiefs? I still believe in the Chiefs, and, and they were on the road. It was in Baltimore, home opener for the Ravens, great win for the Ravens, but I still have the Chiefs in my top five. I've got them at number four. Okay. At number three. Mm-hmm. I've got the Los Angeles Rams. Oh. 2-0. and mm -hmm. They beat Chicago. Okay, mm -hmm. not that great of a team. Mm -hmm. They traveled east. They beat Indy. They didn't look spectacular. They didn't blow them out, but they beat them. Road win. Mm -hmm. This is a week-to-week -week deal. At number three, I've got the Rams. All right, ready? Number two. This is going to shock some people, I think. Uh -oh. But at number two, I've got... The Raiders. Oh. And look, by next week, things could change. Four or five weeks from now, the Raiders may not even be in the top five. They could be in the bottom five. That's possible. But for right now, I've said mm -hmm. this all week long. Let's see. Beat Baltimore. Go on the road and beat Pittsburgh. In my opinion, those are the two best wins so far. I've got the Raiders as the number two team in the NFL in my power rankings. And here's number one, George. Okay. Num the Tampa one. Bay Buccaneers. I mean, shocker. Yeah, They're the defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah. They've got the greatest quarterback in the history of the league. Yeah. They've returned all 22 starters. Yeah. They've gotten off to a 2-0 start, even though their yeah. wins weren't great. I mean, they kind of no. just barely got by Dallas. I, I was just going to say that. Yeah. And last week against Atlanta, while the yeah. score looked really big, it was yeah. a couple of pick sixes late that made it look that way. Yeah. But until somebody knocks him off, Rams... I've got the Buccaneers at number one. So yep. Ravens, yep. Chiefs, Rams, Raiders, Bucks. That's my top five going from five to one. What do you got, George? I'm going to go very quickly here because we're running out of time. Uh, number five, I have the Arizona Cardinals. I think that their offense is incredible. Uh, it finally looks like the offense I think they expected to see last year. Kyler Murray has continued to get even better. 
Um, and they put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Their secondary kind of stinks, uh, but they can sack the quarterback and put pressure on the quarterback, so I got them at number five. Uh, number four, I have the Las Vegas Raiders for the aforementioned reasons that they won two games I didn't expect them to win. However, they did start 2-0 last year, and we know how that ended. Number three, I have the San Francisco 49ers. I feel like you're being disrespectful for not having them in your top five as a 2-0 team. Um, you know, if you look at what Kyle Shanahan has done with Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, despite all the nonsense that's been out there uh, about him and the way he's been able to implement Trey Lance, uh, I feel like is short of fantastic. Um, and their defense is still really bleeping good. Number two, I have the Bucks uh, because they're the defending champs. They deserve to be in there. And number one, I would put the Rams because I'm a homer. So there you go. I really like that list, and I really appreciate the fact that you put the Rams at number one with the disclaimer that I'm a homer. I think that's great. Yeah. That's and fantastic. I believe in Matthew Stafford, and you don't. And I, Sean McVay's... Uh, you know, we got a man crush, he and I, and we're good. So he's got to be number one. Uh, real quick, you want to do your bottom five and do that a little faster so we can get through this? Here come my bottom feeders, all right? And I don't have to say Now, you're doing from like the, the, the last one will be the worst, right? Right, the worst team in the league. Right. Worst team in the league. Number 28. So first one will be your, your fifth worst. Right. Yes. Number 28 in the NFL, the fifth worst team in the NFL, the Atlanta yeah. Falcons. Horrible. Okay. N number yeah. 29, the second worst team in the NFL. Or the fourth worst team in the NFL. Fourth worst, yeah. The New York football giants. Horrendous. Yeah. Number 30 on this list. The New York Jets. Also yeah. horrible. Yeah. Number 31. Yeah. Was that an Andrew Dice Clay thing you just did there? Horrible. Actually, more uh, like my ex-mother-in-law, but that's all right. Yeah. Oh, kind of okay. the same thing. Uh, number yeah. 31. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. And the worst team in the NFL. On my mm -hmm. personal power rankings. And just mm -hmm. like you said, you were a homer for the Rams? Yeah. I'm a hater. Oh, I'm a stop. hater. The stop. worst team in the NFL, the San Diego Chargers. Play it, Laura. Yeah. Man, you are a hater. They're one hater. and one. They beat a pretty – they beat Washington. Hater. Like and they, you said they were going to lose week one. Well, they almost did. Hater. I mean, almost doesn't count, though. I'm a hater. They should have beaten the Cowboys had they not charged. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. You really are a hater. Hater. Well, unless you're leaning into it. I like right. that. Right. I'm a hater. You're a homer. That's good. Yeah. All right. So here are my real quick, uh, if you want to switch back to the NFL music there, Laura, real quick. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, so the fifth worst team, I'm going to go with the Giants. Um, I, I, I just feel like that thing is a mess. The whole thing, Gettleman, the coach, all of it is a mess. Uh, the Lions, I'm surprised you didn't have the Lions in there. Um, they are my fourth worst team. I think Dan Campbell is a hot mess too, and poor Jared Goff in that second half looked miserable. Uh, then the third worst, I've got the Jaguars. Uh, they were awful in week one, a little better in week two. Um, so I'm going to give them some credit. There was some growth there in week two. Uh, albeit a loss to the Broncos. Uh, the second worst team are the Falcons. They actually have the worst point differential in the NFL right now. Uh, and the worst team to me is the Jets because the Jets will always Jets. Uh, J-E-T-S, just end the season is what I always say. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, that right. is my bottom five. All right, so that's it. Coming up next, big deal or no deal. Thank you, Christopher. Speaking of big deals, it's a big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured or in an accident. Call my friend Sam and Ash at Sam and Ash Injury Law at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. Speaking of what's right, Arnold Aguirre is what's right from Monrovia. He won 
our SoFi Stadium tour, and he gets to try to kick field goals with Kaplan and uh, his son Justin, who will probably kick Kaplan's ass. Um, so congratulations to Arnold Aguirre from Monrovia. Uh, Linz, what's right? What do you got for us today on Big Deal or No Deal? All right, guys. Well, the Jacksonville Jaguars' decision to hire Urban Meyer as head coach made little sense from the start, and through two games, it's not looking any better for the former Florida Gators and Ohio State coach. During Wednesday's post-practice press conference, Broncos head coach Vic Fangio was discussing the challenge of facing any opponent in the NFL, and in doing so, he recalled part of the conversation he had with Meyer before Sunday's game. Meyer apparently told Fangio that the NFL has been like facing Alabama every game. Um, is this comment from Herb a big deal or no deal? <laughs> yeah, there's no like, uh, I don't know, directional schools, right? Northeast, West Ohio State University or like, uh, you know, you're not playing the uh, little sisters of the poor, you know, uh, a couple of times a year in between the Big Ten or the SEC schedule. So, yeah, welcome to the big boy league there, Herb. Well, I'm going to say it's no deal because uh, Urban Meyer is now with the bad team. You know, he's been with the good team for all these years. You know, he was with Florida when Florida won a national championship. He was with Ohio State, won a title, uh, had a great team at Utah, which propelled him to these other schools and these other jobs. He's never had to be a bottom feeder in a conference and face all the tough guys ahead of him. He's always been the top guy. So I'm loving watching this. I don't know what it is about him that drives me so nuts and why I dislike him so, but I'm loving seeing Urban Meyer go through this. Because he's not a nice person? He just rubs well, me the wrong way, man. Either you either love him or you hate him. I feel like there is very little in between with him. Yeah, I suppose if you were a Florida Gator fan or an Ohio State fan, you probably love him. Oh, we loved him in Ohio State, but I would say the last two, last year or so, things started to get a little sticky. And, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Over him. That's all I'll have to say about that. Next. At this point, you say on to the next one, yeah. Now, do I say on to the next one, or do you guys say on to the next Could one? Could be anybody when we feel like okay. we flamed out. Okay. Just somebody, yeah, yeah. All right, just making sure. You know, I'm still, still a little new to this, making sure. All right, Nick Diaz is set to make his return to UFC after six years away with a bout against Robbie Lawler this weekend. But earlier today, Diaz spoke of his resentment towards mixed martial arts, and he wondered aloud why he's even competing against Robbie Lawler, and he maintained his long-held disdain toward fighting. In a sit-down interview with ESPN, Diaz said, All the people around me and all the money and the sponsors, they won't let me get away from fighting. I might as well just go and take my punches. I don't want to look back at it and say, why did I not just do it? I don't feel great. I feel great to fight, but I don't feel great about everything else. If I don't do this, I don't know how I'm going to feel about myself. Diaz said that he tried to get away from fighting, but it's just, quote, inevitable. Um, are his comments three days before his fight a big deal or no deal, Kaplan? Um, is Nick Diaz the guy who uh, beat Conor McGregor years ago? No, that's his brother. No, that, oh, yeah. okay, there's, there's a Nate brother. Diaz. Mm -hmm. Nate Diaz, right, Nate Diaz, okay. Um, you know, I'm going to say that it's no deal. Um, there are a lot of guys who play pro sports who don't, love 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 what they're doing but they can't help but doing it because you don't make money like this in any other walk of life 
This guy grew up and, and you know, spent so much time as a fighter and training to be a pro fighter. And you're like, well, what am I going to do now? Like become an accountant, sell insurance? I mean, nothing gives you the rush and nothing pays you the money. So I understand not every pro athlete loves what they're doing. Many, some of them will just do it because it's, it's money and it's a lot of money. So I don't, I don't really find it to be that big of a deal that he doesn't love it. He's kind of doing it for the money. Um, it's not a big deal um, because he's still a badass. And to Cap's point, there's a lot of guys who are just naturally gifted and talented at what they do um, and do it as a, ends to a, me- a means to an end. You know what I'm saying? So I- I'll give you a perfect example of this. You'll appreciate this, Kaplan. It's a football thing. Ricky Williams. Uh, I covered Ricky Williams for a number of years. And, you know, he was great at football. Um, I don't know if he – I think he loved football. I don't think he loved the business of football, right? And I remember a story. They were playing a game in Buffalo when he was with the Dolphins. And it was like one of those crazy December torrential snowstorms in Buffalo. And Ricky Williams comes up to his fullback, Rob Conrad, at the time and says, hey, Rob, I don't think I can go today. And Rob's like, what? Are you okay? And he's like – He's like, nah, you, I'm, I'm fine. I just, it's too cold. I don't feel like playing. And that. he's like, are you out of your mind? And he's like, this is like a game. Like, the playoffs are on the line. Like, we need to win. It's like week 15 of the season or something. And he's like, have you told Wanstead, who was the coach, this? And he's like, nah, I haven't told Dave yet. He's like, no, Ricky, you got to play. He's like, all right, fine, whatever, I'll play. And he plays, and he had his uh, single greatest rushing game ever. Like 220 yards or something wow. like that. So there are guys that are just like that. And, you know, Nick Diaz is, is uh, one of those guys. So on to the next one. All right. So footprints dating back 23,000 years have been discovered in the United States, suggesting that humans settled North America long before the end of the last Ice Age. Research that was published today showed these findings push back the date at which the continent was colonized by its first inhabitants by thousands of years. The footprints were left in mud on the banks of a long since dried up lake, which is now part of a New Mexico desert. Is the fact that humans arrived in North America 20,000 years sooner than we initially thought a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Yeah, it's definitely a big deal. Uh, we do really bad at like math and history and all that stuff. Uh, I, I won't elaborate any further. I just think in general, we just do a terrible job of documenting this stuff. Uh, and I'm glad if it at, over time eventually comes out, but we live in this world where people aren't going to believe what you just said anyway. So it's what's disturbing around here, but, uh, especially these days, but nonetheless, uh, big deal, <laughs> at least for me, not going to be happy about this, but I'm going to say no deal. And I'm not really oh, sure I believe on, it. Yeah. I'm not oh, sure. I believe it. I'm not sure. What there don't you, you believe? Yeah. I'm just not sure I believe it. Like, so what? You mean all of a sudden from out of nowhere? Hey, look at this. This looks like this could be a human footprint. This must be 20,000 years old. This must have been where there was a lake here in New Mexico. I just don't know if I believe it. Well, what had happened was what they actually happened? found they found them years ago, these footprints, which the pictures, like they are distinctly footprints. Mm-hmm. Um, they found them years ago and they've spent like almost 10 years trying to find the or like how long they've been there based on all the, like the carbon dating and all that kind of stuff that they do and erosion tests and all the minerals and stuff. So it's not like they just decided one day, I don't know, or, Hey, these are this old, they've been working on this for a long time. So there I'm is not, some science I'm not one involved of these, here. I'm not one of these people that thinks the earth is flat. 
I do question a little bit about dinosaurs, if I'm being honest. But oh, geez. Um, but I will say this: like, I, I was one time in Italy a few years ago, and we went to an area called Pompeii. Has anybody ever heard of this area? Yeah, Pompeii? I've heard of it. Okay, so this this uh, this uh, volcano, Mount Von, Vontuvius. No, I'm getting this Vesuvius. wrong. Vesuvius. Vesuvius. It exploded, Vesuvius. and what happened is all the lava came and it buried this entire community. You know. Mm-hmm. And you go and you tour it, and they show you. They're like, lava buried all these people. There was a dog right here, and we were able to chip all around. And look, that's the, that's the, 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 the uh, shadow of the dog. And I'm like, and they're looking at me. The tour guide's looking at me, and I'm going, eh, I don't know. And he's, what, what don't you believe? I'm like, I just don't know, okay? I just, I'm not 100% sure I'm buying it. I'm, I'm a natural-born skeptic. You'll have to excuse me. You are, and I would, you know, I would prefer to live in a world that's less contrarian than you. I like to, I think things like this are really cool and exciting. And I guess I'm a nerd. Sorry. That's on to the next right. one. On to the next one. All right. So I saw this uh, unfolding yesterday, but we didn't get have time to get to it. But Major League Baseball announced today that they've suspended Toronto Blue Jays relief pitcher Ryan Barucki for three games and they find him for intentionally hitting Tampa Bay Rays outfielder Kevin Kiermeyer with a pitch in Wednesday night's game. Um, so like they said, they made the announcement today, but Borecki has appealed the suspension and he's going to continue to be on the active roster until his appeal is heard. So what happened was uh, two days ago, Kiermeyer found a scouting report card that fell out of the wristband of the Blue Jays catcher, Alejandro Kirk. He picked it up and just, you know, shoved it in his pocket, took it back o- over to the dugout and refused to give it back. So then I guess that caused a whole bunch of hullabaloo. That's why he retaliated by hitting him with a pitch. And there goes a suspension. This has been, been like a big back and forth between these two teams over the past couple of days. Yeah. Is this whole incident a big deal or no deal, Cap? I actually think this is a big deal. And I think that in the era of baseball that we're in, in the, in the post-Astros cheating scandal era, when I saw the player pick up the scouting report and take it and then not give it back. I, I just thought, I don't know, that seems like a bit unethical, but I've heard a lot of people talk about this and people who are much more of a baseball purist than I am. And they're like, Hey, look, you go out on the field. You've got this cheat sheet with you. If you drop it and we pick it up, tough luck. I mean, if you're an NFL quarterback and you've got one of those wristbands on your wrist and the paper falls out and somebody else grabs it and takes it to the other sideline, what are you supposed to do? Walk across and go, hey, sportsmanship tells me I should give this back to you. My first thought was it's unethical, give it back to them. But I know that I'm in the minority and that most people are like, no, no, he dropped it on the field. He picked it up. It's ours now. So when if you can't lose it. Win if get any edge you can. Win if you can, lose if you must. But always, always cheat. That should be the mantra in baseball, anyway. They they steal signs. Yeah, they cheat <laughs> like, anyway. It's just like stealing signs without actually having to do the work, right? Right. They steal signs. Like, if, if, is is it okay? He's okay. They're okay if he's at second base and he can pick up the signs. Who gives a rat's ass? Like, it's so stupid. I baseball drives me up the freaking wall. By how they're so just like cemented in this old school mentality that they just refuse yes. to move on from. Yeah, yes. I get that. Well, why the, that. why are they suspending this guy for three games? I mean, that's policing the game. You took our our cheat sheet when you could have left it down. You know, you're not picking up trash in the middle of a game, and and we're going to hit you. And that's that's policing the game. They're suspending well, yeah, this guy. I, I agree because if you're going to suspend the guy for hitting him, 
then shouldn't you suspend the guy for taking the card? Well, so I don't therefore, know, man. Therefore, therefore, suspend nobody at all is probably the, the real solution, I think. Yeah, it's all annoying. Super annoying. All right, that is Big Deal or No Deal. Each and every day at 6.30 here on the show. Uh, coming up next, one last look, speaking of baseball, at the Dodgers and their situation. They are one game back, but there are some problems on the horizon. We'll tell you what that's about coming up. Now, Laura looked up your vaxxed and waxed t-shirt idea, and someone's already got it. Mm-hmm, so. You're late. Yeah. There's no doubt I'm late. I mean, I can tell you guys, I was um, using one of those online t-shirt companies where you can design your own t-shirts, and I designed my whole vaxxed and waxed <laughs> t-shirt, but this is going back months ago, and I never pulled the trigger, not on one, but I was going to buy like, you know, a couple dozen. I was going to buy, I actually was going to buy 144 vaxxed and waxed t-shirts, and then I was going to give them to all my friends who got vaxxed, and I thought it'd be a funny thing to do. But I never did it, and now you're telling me somebody's got vaxxed and waxed. Yep, and now, they've been out for for a minute, like according it, to the website. Are they spelling yeah. it the way I'm spelling it? Yeah, yeah. because yeah. we have a we have a listener, a seven ten listener, who told me that I can still get the domain name v a x x e d and w a x x e d vaxxed and waxed dot com. He says the domain name is still available. Sent me his phone number on Twitter. He said, "Call me. We'll we'll do a deal." So, well, I think it's just a lot of people think about things and like you go to those websites and says, hey, I just want to make the T-shirt. But don't think of the copywriting and the URL and all this other stuff. They just want to throw the product out there. So they so that might be true. I mean, it. I mean, it's true. Right. And he said it's open. So, you know, I, I think I've said this to you guys before, but Airbnb, the company Airbnb, they were so on the verge at one time of going out of business. They were completely running out of money. And as the story goes, as great entrepreneurs, they came up with another idea to fund going forward with Airbnb, and they got into the T-shirt sales business. And I was thinking to myself, I'm going to sell a whole bunch of shirts here. I'm going to sell thousands of them. Vaxxed and waxed. I'm going to sell them for 25 bucks a piece. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rich on T-shirts. And, of course, I got busy doing mm. something else or distracted. And You just have it. to do it. I mean, look, VRBO has been around Way before Airbnb. Verbo. You know, I mean, yeah. I say VRBO. <laughs> I, I used them in 2011 to go to San Francisco. So they've been around forever, but they never got as big as Airbnb. And people mm-hmm. are like, that's been around longer? Yeah. It used mm-hmm. to be super cheap to use them. Yeah. And it's just. I think it's the name. Airbnb is a good Yes, that is catchy. Name. Everyone's yeah, like, exactly. Verbo, VRBO, what is it? How do you say it? What does this mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I actually always love it when companies have been around for a long time, but people think they just popped up. Like, Lindsay, I think you're a Reddit user, right? Love Reddit. Reddit. You like Reddit? Great. So, So yeah. Reddit, for example, just as an example, I, I just saw this the other day on CNBC. It's like the, the valuation of the companies, call it like $10 billion now. And there are people listening right now going, what is Reddit? I don't even know what that is. Um, and they've been in business since 2005. It's a message board, basically, is what yeah. it is. Yeah, but they've been, they've been at it since 2005. So, yeah. you know, you think to yourself, oh, I just heard about them within the last year because of this whole, you know, uh, Wall Street thing. And, and the, uh, I'm trying to remember what the name of the company was. What was the um, AMC and what was the other one that they, they got? GameStop. GameStop, thank you. And so people are like, oh, I just heard about them. And yeah, but they've been at it since 2005. Yeah. You know, so I always like when you hear stories like that about companies that have been at it for a long time that people think just popped up yesterday. Yeah. Uh, well, not everybody's into the internet culture, you know? I think that's part of it, too. Uh, now, 
the interesting scenario, speaking of the culture, the culture on this show and the culture in this city is you got to win championships. Now, I believe there are different ways to win a championship, and I believe that in the Dodgers' way, they have, a, even though they're only a game back, they are in a tough spot where Walker Buehler and Julio Urias are not necessarily feeling right. Walker Buehler's last four starts have been horrendous. He has a 7 ERA plus a 7.2-something ERA. Julio Urias is complaining about velocity issues uh, because he's throwing 100 more innings than he's thrown in, in the season he threw his previous high. Um, I think they got to rest those two guys, and I think they got to get them ready for the playoffs. That does not mean they have to tank games because they have plenty of arms. They may not be experienced arms, but plenty of arms they could throw out there in the regular season to, to, to still try to win this division. I just think those two guys need to rest Scott Kaplan. Yeah, I hear you, George, and I feel pretty good about my position on this from earlier in the day because I'm, I'm sensing that a lot of people are, are buying my side, and the reason I'm sensing that is because people are on Twitter going, I can't believe I actually agree with Kaplan. Now, I think the longer you listen, the more you're going to agree. Okay, um, look, here's what I would say. If the Dodgers right now with nine games to go or three games behind San Francisco, I'd say, you know what? I'm with you, George. Let's let's shut these guys down and let's just accept the fact that the Dodgers aren't going to win the division. But they, again, you, you can win both. You can do both. It's possible. You, it's it certainly is a possibility. You know what else is possible? That St. Louis comes to L.A. on fire and wins a one game playoff. That's against a Max Scherzer, who is amazing against them. But it's a possibility is all I'm sure. saying because it's only I one mean, game. Yeah, you can win the Super Lotto tomorrow too. Which, by the way, would be phenomenal. So I'll try. It's actually but, Saturday, so you wouldn't be able to win it tomorrow. Okay, well, I'll go yeah. buy those tickets later today and I'll see if I yeah. can win. Right. But all I'm saying is is that when you've got nine games to go and the, Do- and the Giants have nine games to go and you look at who the Giants are playing and you look at who the Dodgers are playing, uh-huh. I would not be waving the white flag, and I wouldn't be resigned yet to resting guys. I would be thinking to myself, we're only a game back because San Francisco lost earlier today. The Dodgers won earlier today. The Dodgers gained a game. Uh-huh. I would not be making a decision about forgetting about the division until at least through Saturday's game. Udias is supposed to pitch on Sunday. Udias. Let's see what happens with Gonsolin. Let's see what happens with Kershaw. Let's see if they win the first two games against Arizona. Let's see what happens when San Francisco goes to Colorado, where Colorado plays a winning brand of baseball, even though their record's terrible on the road. I'm just not ready to throw in the white flag yet. But I don't, I'm not waving the white flag. I'm just telling you, you just got to rest those guys. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, now's where you put the pedal to the metal. You know, now's where you go for the win of the division. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that phrase in at least 15 years. The pedal to the metal? Yeah. I've been using it a lot lately. I, yeah. I've been yeah to go to all of a sudden from out are you of bringing nowhere, it back I'm trying I'm trying to bring it back by myself yeah been using it a lot as a matter of fact on business calls during the day yeah been using it a lot I'm gonna look up the pedal to the metal origin pedal <laughs> to the metal origin expression originated during the 1950s when cars floorboards were made of metal and racers would put the accelerator all the way down to make their <laughs> autos go as fast as possible I mean seriously <laughs> Okay, um, hey, listen, uh, now when my kids call me a boomer because they're like, hey, boomer, and I'm like, oh, yeah. wait, that's an insult? You're insulting yeah. me by calling me yeah. boomer? Now yeah. I can't yeah. blame them. No, because you made a reference from, like, happy days. Yeah, I did, but I'm, a, yeah. I'm, not, a, I'm not a boomer. I'm a Gen Xer. Oh, God, are you? Yeah, not I'm not. Really. 
What, no. what, what am I? What is the kid of the know. 80s? We'll, we'll oh. discuss it tomorrow, by the way. How about that? Uh, by the way, big USC story in The Athletic by Bruce Feldman. Lindsay, let's try to get Bruce on maybe in the first hour tomorrow. Um, excellent work, Kaplan. Nice work out of you, George Sedano, and Lindsay, and Laura. Yes, great job, Laura and Lindsay. And go put the pedal to the metal, and we'll talk to you tomorrow at 3.55. See ya.